G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Thursday, always like to check in with Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondar is the State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Greg's back with us. Greg, welcome back to 2020. Yeah, thank you, Neil, and good morning. Hey, Greg, uh, let's talk about some of these ethical concerns that are raised over the COVID-19 vaccine. Lots of these vaccines uh, being developed around the world. But after Australia announced a deal with AstraZeneca that will provide free COVID-19 vaccines to all citizens upon approval for human use, our religious leaders in this past week wrote to the Prime Minister and they have raised some pretty significant moral and ethical concerns. Uh, what's your take on what's happened? Look, Neil, I'm not sure in, um, uh, you know, the, the opinion of others in terms of uh, the vaccine, because obviously we can't survey everybody, but generally there is a really strong feeling amongst Christians and, uh, and the public uh, widely as well that uh, the mandatory... Uh, taking of a vaccine really is not the way to go for a number of reasons. And, and, and the first, of course, is that uh, the vaccine relies on uh, uh, aborted fetus and, and for ethical reasons and, of course, biblical reasons. Now, it, it's not a good idea to make this mandatory. Now, a number of Christian leaders, faith leaders, the Sydney Archbishop, um, Glenn Davies, and, of course, the... Uh, the, the Catholic Archbishop as well, the Greek Orthodox Archbishop, they've written to the Prime Minister Scott Morrison and saying to him very clearly, alternate, alternate vaccines do not raise the same ethical concerns as the ones currently in place uh, need to be developed. In other words, what they're saying is don't make it mandatory and don't punish anybody for refusing to take uh, the 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 COVID nineteen vaccine for religious reasons or whatever or, or whatever because they create an ethical quandary so that's the message you know that 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 the the faith leaders are saying to the prime minister at the moment. Okay, so making the vaccine mandatory, uh, there's a Christian ethical issue there, and uh, for some it's going to be very significant around the way that uh, the fetal uh, material is used in the uh, in the vaccine that creates a major ethical quandary here and and what the the leaders are calling for is uh, the uh, for the government to make available an alternative vaccine so that it's not one that's based on uh, those that material from aborted fetus fetuses yeah Th that is the key aborted fetuses that is the key now because um, as we will well know, rubella and chickenpox vaccines were developed from fetal stem cells as well. But we're talking here about aborted, and that's what's come about. And, and, and from a Christian perspective, and even from a moral, ethical perspective, that's got to be wrong. So what we're saying is, uh, and we made our, our newsletter this week totally on this subject because we think it's strong enough to, to, 
to 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 highlight. Um, but not only that, uh, pro-life groups in America and Canada have done the same thing. They've written to their politicians regarding ethical concerns of vaccine research. So uh, really, Neil, it's, it's a big issue. It's going to divide the community to some degree. But if you take a pure Christian biblical perspective, if it's an aborted fetus, Neil, we have to be very careful as to making this mandatory because not all religious groups or individuals are going to agree with it. Well, the interesting thing here, and I'll get your perception, Greg, because typically Christians are not anti-vaxxers. It's not the same sort of thing as you might see with some radical groups who will rebel against any sort of vaccine. Christians are not anti-vaxxers. But when these ethical issues are raised, we hope, I imagine, that authorities will take those into account because otherwise they do create an ethical quandary for some people. And that is the message. You know, we aren't, you know, I mean, I, I've had my kid vaccinated. We've all done it. My wife and I, we've done it all. Uh, we are not anti-vaxxers. But here we're talking about a very fundamental ethical issue of an aborted stem cell. So what we, you know, we don't want to be sending a message out. It's okay to kill uh, unborn children, you know, let's, let's abort them and then we'll use their, we'll use their genes to develop an anti, a, a vaccine. It's not on, Neil. It's a real, real ethical issue. And what we've got to really to say is that, that uh, Prime Minister, I hope you keep your word that there will be no compulsory vaccine where there is an aborted stem cell involved. Okay, and this word mandatory, it's got concerns too because we're often on this program talking about issues around freedom and so whenever there is something that's mandatory, all of a sudden there's a red flag that rises and says, oh, is this an authoritarian way of controlling people? And so uh, there's always those sorts of issues in the background as well. If uh, And, of course, the Prime Minister might you know, just say, uh, says that it won't be compulsory. And, and you're saying uh, you're hoping that the Prime Minister can hold to his word on that. On, on this particular aborted stem cell um, uh, proposal, because that has ethical concerns. It's a real quandary for Christians. Um, that said, you know, I'm, I am not an anti-vaxxer. I believe in that uh, it's important. There are people that are anti-vaxxers. But what we're saying is, no, Prime Minister, please, you've raised an ethical issue here. We are people of faith and we want to exercise that faith where applicable, in this case being the, the aborted stem cell. So that, that's the position we're holding. And I think we'd all recognise that a vaccine is the way through this coronavirus crisis. And I know that the whole world is counting on that, and that's why hundreds of research facilities around the world are working on vaccines. And uh, we're hoping for real breakthrough uh, very soon, And uh, but uh, certainly taking the point uh, that is very important so far as the ethical way that a vaccine is developed and the idea that it might not be mandatory. Uh, that's got its own concerns and uh, certainly can uh, can dig into that more deeply too on another day. Hey, Greg, you've been yeah. following along a whole bunch of uh, surveys that come out from all around the world uh, that are gauging the way that Christians feel about various things. There's one that's come out of the USA uh, that suggests that the majority of Christians don't believe the gospel. This one's pretty important. What are your thoughts on what's been surveyed? 
Yeah, look, no, we do. I, I, I spend a lot of time looking at uh, surveys worldwide because we're going to be doing our own, as I think I may have alluded to earlier, uh, because we want to see what the public, the Christian community is thinking on certain uh, issues of concern. And this came across my table that the, a new survey found that people who describe themselves as Christian, over 52%, say that works-oriented, being works-oriented, is, is the only means to God's acceptance. In other words, what they're saying is that, that they believe that today, increasingly, if we adopt a salvation-can-be-earned perspective, then God will allow us into heaven. Now, that is basic, fundamental, biblical false, uh, false preaching or false understanding. And, and this is a real concern to us because as Family Voice, I'm out there constantly, Neil, talking to people from government, from business, from organisations. I go to churches and I speak. I go to uh, community events. And, and one of the things that I maintain is that the gospel is true. And therefore, I am astounded, Neil, to find that this survey has revealed that people still think that salvation can be earned by works. Uh, a real misunderstanding of biblical scripture. And I guess you've got to always be able to settle on a context for what it is that makes your behaviour aligning to the identity of Christ, which changes the way we do live our lives, the way we do approach all sorts of things, the sorts of decisions we make, and even what we're talking about, you know, ethical ways to think about things that are happening. But I agree with you here, and uh, there's really challenging things because the essence of the Christian gospel is that a way to God is not by works because that would make something yeah. of our own righteousness more important. But when we talk about being saved by grace mm. through faith, that means it's not of our own works, but it's all about what God has done, sending his son Jesus, dying on the cross, raising yeah. on the third day, uh, ascending into heaven and uh, having yeah. secured our salvation because it's not of us, but it's of his grace alone. That's a powerful essence of the gospel that uh, that we must always Absolutely. keep in mind. Yeah, Romans 3.28, Neil, you know, our faith in Jesus, not our works, makes us right with God. Now, this is important for people that are talking to their family, friends, uh, or in the public square. So I just want to alert people that this is really disturbing, and I'm just wondering what the general thought is amongst churches these days or pastors or people because that's a, that survey shows that there's a real problem. People re need to reread the New Testament, I think, Neil. <laughs> uh, now, that survey, let's uh, just bring it back to who has come up with that survey and those insights. Uh, yeah. So it's a U.S. survey, uh, Cultural yeah. Research Centre at Arizona Christian University. And so uh, they've actually come to a place where they've broken down uh, different elements of the Christian church about how they've responded mm. to that. Uh, what are yeah. your thoughts around uh, what, what did they find? Well, this is interesting, Neil, because from their survey, they found that the Pentecostals, 46% 40, believed this uh, was the case. Uh, the Protestants, 44. Evangelical Christians, 41% believed that, you know, <laughs> that, that you can get to heaven by works. Uh, and the Catholics, amazing, were 70%. So that was really interesting because, of course, if you look at the Reformation and what have you, then that probably explains some of the reasons why that... Uh, figure is so high for the Catholics but we have to be aware that 
we cannot judge ourselves by man-made standards. The only way is through God's standard, which is biblical, and you can go to you know number of biblical texts for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles on one point has become guilty of all sins, said, said the Apostle James. So in other words, stop trying to judge yourself by your standards. It's a biblical standard, and when you're out there in the public square talking to friends, family, and, and relatives... Bear that in mind. Uh, Greg, you like to bring a takeaway from this sort of idea and these survey results. So what do you take away from that if you're an ordinary Christian believer? could be across all of the multitude of different denominations and you see some survey results like this. Uh, You heard that there were Pentecostals mentioned. You heard that there were Catholics mentioned. You heard that there were Evangelicals mentioned. Uh, Everybody's got their own uh, uh, particular uh, foundations here, but what's what's yeah. the takeaway from getting some detail about this idea of you know having to do good works to to get to God? Look, basically, look, I'm going to make it very simple in the sense that I've struggled with this myself. What 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 do we actually do? So the takeaway is the survey clearly shows now that there are far too many Christians, apparently based on this survey, who are not Bible believing Christians. In other words, I remember when I was in the Sydney Synod, uh, Anglican Synod, and and there was a campaign there to make sure that everyone was a Bible-believing Christian. So the takeaway, Christians need to understand that salvation can be earned only through our Lord Jesus Christ. They need to reread the New Testament, make themselves aware, because if this kind of thinking is, is out there in our churches, in our community needs to be rectified. Uh, Let me just give you my take on how this sort of thing fits contextually with the way we understand God's grace Mm -hmm. and uh, what we do by way of the fruit of our lives, which changes and then actually becomes an orientation towards good works. Uh, So there is a certain sense in which we understand this grace and that is something that we cannot do anything other than rely on the sacrifice that was made by Jesus Christ on the cross who bore our sins. And so believing is the only thing that you can do there to secure that. The interesting thing here, and I'll uh, I'll get your thoughts on it too, but I'm just giving you my take here because we do encourage Christian believers onto good works. And if it was confusing that said those good works are the things that get you to heaven, we might be falling short of the mark because it's God's grace alone. But where works fit into it, of course, there is a promised reward. Uh, There's this idea of standing before a great white throne and God handing out rewards. And uh, those things that we do that are, uh, you know, the precious metals and not the wood, hay and stubble, as the Bible talks about. Those things become important for us. And so there's a context there. Good works are good, but they're not the thing that brings us salvation. Yeah, Neil, I have to make the point, please, that I am not saying we don't do any good works. The church is based on good works. The point I'm saying here is that your salvation is not earned through good works. However, as you well know, faith without deeds is dead. But we need to make sure that people aren't believing that good works will get you to heaven. No. Salvation is through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have to make that clear. Good works must continue. The church is a prime um, uh, instigator of doing good works. And I think we need to do that for social justice reasons, uh, for, for community reasons and what have you. So I'm not saying no good works. I'm just saying your salvation does not come from 
fabulous stuff, Greg Bondar. Good insights as always. And uh, let me just commend you and let me uh, just mention the website once again because there's tremendous resources and articles that people will be able to uh, capture some deeper insights when they go to the Family Voice Australia website. There's also a bunch of campaigns that you're continually working on. And uh, just before I let you go, uh, any particular campaigns you can draw attention to for listeners uh, that they can be involved in? Yes, please, Neil, if you wouldn't mind, just a couple of minutes on this, because tonight, as you know, I think last week I spoke about it, the conversion therapy legislation in the Australian Capital Territory is being debated in the, the ACT Parliament tonight. Now, they are putting forward conversion therapy, in other words, if you, as a parent or a grandparent or a health practitioner or whatever, want to try and speak to a child from five years up, mind you, and say to them, don't convert from male to female or female to male, you will be liable for 12 months in jail. Now, the problem we've got in the Australian Capital Territory, Neil, at the moment is that it is Labor and Greens driven, and I have to mention that because that's what it is, the Liberal Party have put up, the Liberal National Party have put up a number of amendments, but they may not even be discussed because they don't have a majority. So I urge anybody in the ACT or indeed from anywhere to contact the parliamentarians in Australian Capital Territory and say to them, this is bad legislation for all, including mums and dads and their, and, and their children or grandchildren. And when listeners go to Family Voice Australia website, uh, is there a way that uh, you can help take some action there? Is there something there? Is there a link there on the on the website at all, Greg? There is, and and we've asked them to contact the politicians, and we've made that uh, link very um, very prominent. Okay, it's familyvoice.org.au, familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bondar is the Family Voice Australia State Director for the New South Wales and ACT uh, responsibility. Greg, thank you so much for your update today on 2020. Thank you, Neil, and God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 